Welcome to the Nerd Out number 19. I'm Lisa. I'm Red Debate. We're girls and we nerd out. You can find us online at the Nerd Out on Twitter. We're on Facebook, the Nerd Out. And you can email us, info at thenerdout.com. We do like to hear from you. You know what I was just thinking about? What? No, 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 19, 19, 19. <laughs> I almost feel like that should be our new like intro. For this. One time only. <laughs> Maybe you can insert it here, Mixmaster Ritzy. Implanted, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> this week, we decided to bring you guys an extra special guest, a friend of mine and a super amazing author, Chris Farnsworth, author of Blood Oath, Red, White, and Blood, and The President's Vampire, all part of the President's Vampire series. If you like politics and you like vampires, you're going to like The President's Vampire. It's like, how do you describe it? It's like The Wire meets, you know what, actually, it's kind of like Abe Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, only he did it first and best. How about that? Oh! Damn! Shabuya! Yeah. So we talked to Chris, um, and we're going to discuss some good stuff about his books, but also monsters and writing and things like that in general. Chris is a really big nerd. I say that from the bottom of my heart. You know I love <laughs> you, Chris. Love. <laughs> but he is a gigantic nerd, so I can't wait to catch up with him and bring some of his awesomeness to the podcast. Sweet. And here here it is, kids. Hi, Chris. Hey, hey. Chris. Hey, Lisa, how are you? <laughs> We're good. We are, as promised, here with Christopher Farnsworth, friend and, even more importantly, amazing author and bona fide nerd. Yay. <laughs> uh, one of the I, things that... Proudly. What's that? I wear it proudly. Yes, you do. I do. I like that about you. Um, One of the things that we wanted to talk to you about, and the reason that you're here, is in addition to being an authority on many things nerdy and monstery, you also have written a series of books called The President's Vampire, and the most recent one has recently come out. So I was wondering if you could tell our listeners about uh, what the book's about, what the series is about. Uh, the series is about a guy named Nathaniel Cade, and uh, it's actually based on a real factoid out of uh, American history, uh, where in 1867, a man was found on a whaling vessel, and he'd killed two of his crewmates and was found drinking their blood. And he was sentenced to be hanged by the neck until dead. Uh, but for some reason, the president at the time, Andrew Johnson, pardoned him. Now, nobody, and this, that part is, that part's uh, all in the newspapers, and, you know, you can actually look that up. There's actually a, a New York Times and a Brooklyn Daily Eagle And I uh, love how specific article. they were about it then. Like, not only are we going to hang you, we're going to hang you from the neck until you're dead. <laughs> I love, yeah, I love that, I love that phrase. Hang from the neck until dead. Not just injured or, you know. <laughs> Maimed. I think but that was because hanging was such a gruesome and totally awful uh, way to die. If it didn't snap your neck, it would take literally a, a long time a long long time so you would just sit there de- with your feet dangling and kicking and that's why they had the hood in fact it wasn't so that the person being hanged was was uh didn't have to see what was going it was so that people wouldn't see what was happening on his face Oof. we're a, we're a terrible species <laughs> <laughs> okay so this actually happened so this actually happened right and uh and I just, I, but I, I read about that and um, I thought, you know, what a great idea for a book or a movie or something. I mean, because what would the president of the United States do with a vampire if this guy actually was a vampire? And, 
And I thought, then, well, what wouldn't he do with a vampire? I mean, that's just, you know, it's, it would seem to me like the perfect, the perfect uh, spy meets horror story. So Nathaniel Cade is a secret agent who is bound to protect the president of the United States and the country against all of the supernatural threats in the world. And he's a vampire and, um, and he has, he's sworn a blood oath to uphold, uh, to uphold the constitution and to protect and serve, uh, America from all the nasty and ugly things that go bump in the night out there. And in the, the first, the first couple books are about him facing different threats uh, you know, zombies and uh, uh, hor- horrific uh, reptilian creatures. The third book he faces uh, the patron saint of all serial killers, the boogeyman. <laughs> and the, uh, the third book is called Red, White, and Blood. It takes place against the backdrop of the 2012 campaign. And the president oh. is uh, in trouble. He's losing in the polls. So he's going to go out and he's going to do a big bus tour. But unfortunately, the boogeyman, who is this entity who has inspired all of the most famous and most horrific serial killers for the past uh, century has decided that he wants to become a presidential assassin as well. He's tired of just uh, carving up the nubile young teens by the (laughs) lakeside. Now he wants to, he wants to move up into the big leagues and it's Cade's job to stop him. And hijinks ensue. (laughs) Too, yes. Um, what's the body count? It's pretty high. It's pretty high. I don't think it's as high in the, as in the second book, but um, there are a lot of campaign staffers who get horribly, horribly mutilated. Uh, and if you count all the victims, of course, uh, the uh, the boogeyman has a body count, you know, in the triple digits. Yeah. Uh, it's almost as high as Kate's, actually. Kate, <laughs> <laughs> being a vampire, has a pretty respectable batting average himself. But yeah. the thing is, you can't, you can't kill the boogeyman. If you kill him, he just moves on to another host. And, uh, you know, he's inspired. Uh, he's, the, the, the conceit of the book is that he's inspired real serial killers as well. And I've found all these really bizarre quotes from serial killers like Ted Bundy or BTK talking about this sort of demon that they felt was pushing them to do these horrible, horrible things that they did. That's one thing that I love about your books is that you do a lot of research and you do have a background as a reporter and somebody who values facts. And there's always really interesting factual information in your books that kind of helps with that willing suspension of disbelief. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, no, I I try to, I try, yeah, I mean, I think that people have a big enough buy-in when when they hear the phrase, you know, vampire working for the president. (laughs) Like that should be that should be all you really have to. That's all the work you have to do. I think it would be asking too much to then for me to just screw up like the stuff like the sort of sidearm that the the Secret Service carries. You know, make, I want to avoid the obvious mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, Ritzy and I are both um, like sort of military fans. Yeah, right. and so you would be very impressed, Ritzy, with like the attention to detail. Oh yeah, and sounds guns like and it. Weapons. Yeah, I can't I wait. Guy, I'm looking yeah, forward to reading. My gun stuff for me. So yeah. <laughs> So how did how did you make the transition from being an investigative and business reporter to writing books, or were you doing it simultaneously? You just hadn't put it out yet. I'd always I'd always wanted to write books, but um, I actually took kind of a weird path. I uh, I was a reporter, and then uh, I was an investigative reporter in Phoenix, and then I got a job as a business reporter in Orange County. So I came to California, and I was still trying to write books, you know, in my spare time. But I, had, I met a friend of mine named Keith Sharon, who was a screenwriter, and he said, "Books? Pff, that's so yesterday." <laughs> You got to write movies. 
And so I did. I wrote a movie, and it sold in like two weeks. It was uh, it was unbelievable. And my agent said, "Bill, you know, this is never going to happen this fast for you again." Um, and I was like, "Well, what do you know?" And you're like, "That's <laughs> bullshit." <laughs> you're wrong. Uh, no, they were right. It didn't happen that fast. <laughs> Um, and so like six years later, the, uh, the, I, I quit my job as a reporter, but then, um, and just flailed away at being a screenwriter for a while. And then I had this idea and it was just in time for the writer's strike, uh-huh. but it didn't, it didn't really matter because my agents at the time hated the idea anyway, and they never thought it would sell. And I couldn't even try, I couldn't even fail to sell it because the WGA writer's strike was going on. So I, <laughs> I, I decided to write it as a book instead. I figured, well, you know, I've been doing this. For this, for this long and getting nowhere, basically. Um, instead, I'm going to write a book that I, I'm going to write what I really want to write, which is, you know, secret agents and vampires and explosions and guns and zombies and, and uh, politics. And sex. And lots of sex. Yeah. Oh, let's not forget about to mention that. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of funny, actually, when someone who is a friend of yours and, like, you've hung out with, I swear, it's it's kind of like watching, like, your child make out. You're kind of like, <laughs> I might have to skim over this. Uh, yeah, I often wonder you know, what people who actually know me think about those parts. Cause, there you go. Uh, it's, uh, is it like seeing your parents make out or is it, you know, is it even skeevier than that? No, I would say it is not as creepy as seeing your parents make out, That's but there's an element. That's good. Well, I mean, there has to be a lot of sex in this because this is the, the source, you know, the boogeyman is the source of all those urban legends about the guy with the hook for the hand who comes upon the teenagers doing it in the backseat of their car. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, this is, this is the guy, you know, this is the, the Jason, the Freddy character who, if you know, you die in a horror movie, it's you're off having sex. It's because he hates sex. He hates any expression of life. He hates life yeah. so much and he just wants to extinguish it. So yeah, he's, he, it just, it, it enrages him. So that's why I had to put in all the gratuitous all, sex. Scenes. All the sexy times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I say, keep it up. Oh, well, Whoa. <laughs> see what I did there? Oh, I saw. Watch out. This podcast getting a little blue. <laughs> a little blue. We're always, <laughs> we're always on that note. <laughs> um, Ritzy was asking something actually about the cover art. Yeah, um, you know, being a, a artist, illustrator, graphic designer, I, you know, it's such a specific talent uh, to be able to design a book cover, but I never had the chance to ask a writer. Um, how important it was, what's the process, did you get the final say, a lot of input, or sometimes did you have to be like, oh, that's just it, we ran out of time, we got to put this out, boom. Uh, I think all of the above, actually. Um, The first book, I I suggested the design for the seal that's on the first book, the, instead of having, you know, the eagle having the bat, and, but they got a fantastic uh, cover designer named Will Stahl. He did the one, uh... I'm He's looking on your side right now. The Korean edition, too? Uh, did he really? Uh, no, I'm asking. Did he oh, do... Oh, no. He didn't do the Korean edition. The Korean... I have no idea who did the Korean edition. That's gorgeous. Yeah, isn't that? That's really... <laughs> it's really great. I love seeing the foreign editions. My, fa- uh, my favorite was probably the original... Now, my, the British editions of the, all the foreign editions are still my favorites. Those oh, are nice. just... They're so... They so, are so perfectly encompassed what the book is about. Um, but Will did this... Did the remarkable cover for the first one and then Putnam used somebody in-house for the second one and for the third one also 
And yeah, they always they always solicit my input, but in the end, it's the publisher's decision. Uh. And it's uh, and you know, I think I've been I've been really lucky that they've put a lot of thought and effort into uh, into the covers and been really um, and been really uh, solicitous of of my of uh, of my opinions uh, for the most part. When really they could always just say, yeah, well. We're doing what we want to do, and yeah. you know, you go off and type your type your little novels. Have yeah, fun. you do what you do, we do what we do. <laughs> right, right. Like, nice of you to get your yeah, nice of you to give your opinion, kid. We'll file. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think it's an incredibly difficult thing to do. I mean, you look at uh, book covers; it's it's re- you know, you look at somebody like Chip Kid, for instance, and he does these, and it seems so simple what he does, but nobody else can really do that. Yeah. You can tell the difference between somebody aping Chip Kid. And his work, and and you can tell the difference, and and his actual work, and it's uh, you know you just want to pick up one of his books that he designs, whereas somebody who's just faking it, not so much. Yeah, because that's what I mean. I know it's a lot of you know digital stuff, but still, the book is still out there. And when you're in the bookstore, you want to be like, oh, you know, I want to pick this that's, up. You want to have a connection. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I th- I will never get over. Yeah, I'm hopelessly old fashioned, and I will never get over holding an actual book in my hand and I will be the last person in a bookstore, you know, in the last <laughs> bookstore standing there clutching them as they, as they cart them off to be incinerated or whatever they're going to do. In the future. But I really, I think that's a big part of the experience. Yeah, definitely. So are you still going to keep writing president's vampire books? Are there other books that you want to write? Um, yeah, I am. I am still going to write the president's vampire books right now. I'm, uh, I've just finished, uh, well, not just finished, but I finished a while ago, a crime novel, uh, and we're, uh, waiting to hear, my agent and I are waiting to hear about that. And then I'm going to be working on, uh, a novel that's actually been sort of commissioned from me, um, by these guys who had an idea, these movie producers. And I can't really say much about it because it's their idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, they're actually paying me to develop, uh, to develop a, a whole story and a whole world for them, which is, which is pretty cool. How hard is that being commissioned as, you know, different from when you, it's just your story from scratch, from jump? Uh, I think that, I, I think that if I didn't warm to the idea, it would be really hard. I think that if you, you know, if it was something you hated, um, like I never understand why writers who don't like the subject material they're working on, like on scripts or something like, uh, you know, people who get hired to do say superhero movies or zombie movies and they've got you know huge credits behind them, but they don't actually like the the genre. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they do that. I mean, if I didn't like the idea, I couldn't I couldn't possibly come up with anything for it. Because it shows some, a lot of times. Yeah, I think it does. I think it, yeah. I mean, I think that they you know they have this sort of there's a sort of attitude that comes out in the work. I don't know if the people have it themselves because you can't you know God knows I don't move in those circles, but um, I think it shows in the work where they just disregard. Uh, the um, the obvious obvious conventions of the genre, or disregard the previous works in the in the series. Yeah, yeah, lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were actually just talking about some TV and movies that we have been into the past like couple weeks. Have you seen any movies or any TV lately that you are super into? Like, do you watch oh. True Blood? I do watch True Blood. I do still watch True Blood. What do you think? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they, I think they tested a lot of people last season. I hate to. The, I also I hate to bag on anybody who does anything in any media. Honestly, I really do. Even though that's like you know 
that's like the geek's favorite sport, right? It's yeah. Like, they it wrong and they screwed this up. <laughs> Worst episode ever. Uh, I, I, because it is, I know from being on this, this side of it now, not just being the, the little fanboy that I once was, how hard it is to do anything ever. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. you can have the very best, um, the very best actors, the very best script, that you can do your absolute, that you can put your blood, sweat, and soul into it, and it'll still suck. <laughs> and it just, and it's, you know, that's got to be heartbreaking. Uh, I, so I try not to, I try not to be, it's all part of the new sunnier me, Lisa. I was going to say, I mean, if you won't, last season of True Blood totally sucked, but I feel like it started off pretty good. I, I really, I, I would be all for the Bill and Eric show all the time. Totally, yes. Well, the Thank actors you. play off really, play off each other really well. They look really I good. Or read vampire stuff while I'm working on Cade stuff because I don't want to cross contaminate. Yeah, uh, I and I want to come up with as original things as I can. But I, I, I love watching those two guys work together so much that I, I, yeah, I'm totally, I'm like, oh, Bill and Eric on the road. This is fantastic. This could be like hope <laughs> and positive. This is phenomenal. <laughs> and yeah. the yeah the um yeah my, one of my favorite scenes ever was when they were in the hot topic buying clothes you know the two of the the uh, couple couple seasons ago oh i remember that <laughs> and it it was hilarious there was nothing particularly special about it they were just, yeah. they were just talking but the two actors have a really great chemistry and they um they both have really good timing so uh, yeah i so i'm i'm touch and go i really really wanted tara to stay dead Okay, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> just like, come on. Yeah. I mean, really? It just you can't you can't let her go at all ever. No. And uh, what was it that Pam called? Um, it, I think last season it was her magical fairy vagina. Yeah. <laughs> was for Sookie. And yeah. this this season it's her super snatch. <laughs> super snatch to get things back together between me and Eric. We got... I love Pam. She has the best yeah. one liners. And then, yeah, I want to see Lafayette be less mopey because he's one of the best characters. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, clearly he's had some hard things. But the thing is, uh, yeah, you can't really blame any of them for getting depressed. It's been a, re- it was a re- <laughs> it's been some rough time. <laughs> a lot to deal with. I know. Also for us, the viewers. Yeah. <laughs> it's been hard. Yeah. So, I, uh, I'm, I'm still with it for now. Um, I was, but like. Uh, the other thing is too, I have I have two uh, two daughters, and I just don't have we don't have the time to watch TV that we used to have. Yeah. But we made time for Sherlock season two. Oh, oh man, so good! So I've good. been trying to get Ritzy to watch it. It's on the list. It is. It is seriously the Irene Adler episode was maybe one of the best hour and a half of TV I've ever watched ever. Wow. Really? Yeah, it was just it was so good. It was just so smart. Um, and I do get some of the objections other people have made to Irene Adler being uh, a high-class prostitute and being a, more or less a villain. Um, mm-hmm. Because in the, in the original Holmes story, she's, she's actually right, and Holmes is on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holmes is actually helping like this you know, sort of stalkerish guy track down this woman, and Adler helps her escape. And uh, that's why he doesn't really mind getting his, getting his ass handed to him by Irene Adler in that. But... But I think it worked. I think it worked overall, and I think it was just incredibly smart TV writing. And I love Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, he's fantastic! <laughs> he's oh my so God. great. It was hilarious. The being, you know, wearing only a, a bed sheet to the Queen, you know, to Buckingham Palace. That was just fantastic. 
Um, since you did mention your two lovely daughters, um, and maybe just in closing, one of I'm wondering if, like, as a sort of consumer, a hardcore consumer of many nerdy, monstery things, and like, you know, comic book world and fiction, movies, TV, how have you, as a quote unquote artist, changed having two girls oh, in like? you know, an area, perhaps a genre that is not always very girl-friendly? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I certainly think about it a lot more. I don't know that I've actually been able to change. I mean, it's, those things are, those, your habits as an artist and your habits as a writer are really, you know, ingrained in you. And uh, I think absolutely I'm far more sensitive to, I can't watch, like, uh, I can't watch things with uh with kids being threatened at all anymore it's um which removes actually a great a great deal of horror like i'm sure walking dead is fantastic i've heard nothing but great things about it never going to get past that scene where the little girl's clutching her teddy bear and she turns into a zombie and goes after goes after rick Mm -hmm. i just can't do that um and yeah i'm a wuss that way but i just can't (laughs) i can't see i can't see children particularly little girls uh endangered that way Mm -hmm. um or zombified or monsterized it's just it's just too it's just too too creepy for me now too close to home yeah yeah i mean I, I right before my my first daughter was born i went on a big binge about of apocalyptic reading anyways <laughs> read all the stuff about peak oil i read all of the zombie uh books i read um world war z and i read the road and i re- and i just i was absolutely my wife was like you are absolutely preparing for the apocalypse like, yes because we were having a child of course <laughs> You need it, to know. Yeah, you, yeah, sweetie, you, you handle, you know, the crib. I'm going to be out in the back burying shotgun shells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really liked World War Z. It was fantastic. Can't was wait to see the movie. Anyhow, thank you so much yes, for thanks, joining Chris. us for a little bit and thanks sharing with us a bit about the me. books and Chris himself and sharing <laughs> your awesome nerdiness with our folks. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time and letting me babble. Yeah, no problem. I will talk to you soon. All right. Thank Thanks, you both Chris. so much. Bye. 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 That was pretty great. That was awesome. Yeah. You have some pretty cool friends, I must say. I have some pretty cool friends. Me included. I was going to say, <laughs> you're one. No, I'm really excited about... You know, I think, like I was telling you, I think Hunger Games, I'm going to put it to the side. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really speak to me. And I think I'm going to pick up President's President's Vampire, right? Yeah. You wanted number two. Yes, please. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah. At any rate, um, Chris is awesome. If you like to read thrillers, political thrillers, um, murdery, slashery thrillers, supernatural thrillers, anything along those lines, then... He's your man. Yeah. He's your man. Um, I guarantee it. (laughs) And you can let me know if you don't like it. (laughs) Thanks again, Chris. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. We were super excited because we received um, some awesome suggestions on our Facebook page on the book front from one Mr. Gary Brantner. Gracias. Gracias. Um, Gary recommended that since we were reading Fifty Shades of Grey, um, and he wanted to actually school us a little bit and recommend something that were um, sexy times books, but actually interesting. And that was from an author named Marjorie Liu, who hopefully, A, I'm spelling or pronouncing her name right. Sorry, Marjorie. I think so. Okay. Um, So he gave us some stuff to check out. And uh, Gary, I just wanted to let you know, I picked up the first one. 
I will read it. I will report back here. So if anybody else has books to share with us that are better than Fifty Shades of Grey. That's um, a lot of books. (laughs) If anybody here would like to read off the contents of a library to us. Um, you know, maybe you can leave a message. It might go faster than writing them down. Um, then yeah, we're always keen to hear it. Um, especially since, hold on, let me grab it. Oh, I would like to officially return. Oh, 50 shades freed the third in the 50 shades series (laughs) to you. I read maybe 30 pages. Couldn't do it. You didn't finish it. Didn't finish it. Couldn't do it. Wow. Couldn't do it. I, I kept reading it, and I was like, I need to read it, I need to read it, and then I was like, you know what? No. Life is too short. You can't do it. Wow. I could I could keep doing it, but then that actually negatively impacts reading something that I really want to read, Got because it. it takes that much longer for me to get to it. Got it. Well, that's that's a first. That's a first. I did so hear... I did hear from another friend. She was like, oh, it's okay. She's like, that book was the worst of them. At the end, he talks about how he's into breast milk, and that freaked me out. <laughs> so, thanks. <laughs> I think the only thing that is cool about this book is when she gives us a little a couple of pages of what's going to be the new part of the series that's from Christian's perspective, just like the right. the moonlight or the moon... Here we go again. again. You know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> the yeah, Edward, the Edward perspective. Midnight yeah. Sun. Midnight Sun. Something exactly. like that. Yeah, no, that's it. That's okay. It. Okay. Uh, Midnight Sun. And um, actually, while we're on this topic, they just said that she just announced that she will be releasing two or three books from his perspective, which is good. Oh I'm, I'll read that. Money tree. Money tree in the oh, yard. Yeah. She's oh, yeah. like, She's people are still it. going crazy and buying these. I will write them until. You beg me to stop. Yeah. She's, yeah. Um, the, just, maybe I'll take a snapshot and post this on our site. Just to remind you on the back, it says erotic romance. Yeah. Mature audience. Yeah. Oh, and last episode, I was telling you about how I was, I gave the books minus this yes. one to Jenny O, right? Uh-huh. Who you know and so. And uh, remember I text, send you that text that she sent me that uh-huh. she said she was so upset she doesn't understand why she kept reading it, but she couldn't go to sleep. She kept reading it. Success, kids. Success. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I thought that when, when you were like on the same tip, I thought that you were going to mention the new Entertainment Weekly, which I just got moments before walking out the door to come <laughs> over here. And it's another picture that we should put on the website of the family Cullen. I.e. Bella Edward and Renezme. Worst name ever. Worst name ever. And I'm like looking at the look on Rob Pattinson's face. This is a man who is deeply over the Twilight series. Oh, he's like, is this the fucking last <laughs> shoot I gotta he's do? He's like, take the fucking picture. He's <laughs> so over it. it. Oh totally. my god. So over it. Made me laugh. It's hilarious. I was like, a little more life in the eyes? No? All right. It's almost over, Rob. (laughs) This is the best he's going to do. Just take the picture. Well, and that's the other thing, too. I was like, they were fellating their agents the day that these kids got these roles. Like, they were probably dying. And it took about one or two movies in before you began to see the switch flip from like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting, to I'm so over this and I'm going to do like real acting next. Yeah. I'm like, here's some word to the wise. This is as famous as you're ever going to get because of this movie. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. Stack them chips. Invest wisely. Yeah. <laughs> Invest wisely, folks. <laughs> oh, well. 
Yeah, speaking of, uh, well, I don't know if we're really speaking of movies, but going into the movies. We were kind of speaking about movies. Cheesy movies. Okay. Um, one movie that I'm really, really excited about, I wasn't able to go to, able to go to the um, premiere, which was maybe a couple of weeks ago. It's coming out today, which is Friday the 15th of June. It's um, something from nothing, The Art of Rap by Ice-T. Super excited. I've seen a lot of th- interviews and little snippets of him taking the film to Sundance and what the film's about. And in all these interviews, he talks about how he doesn't ask any of all the people he interviews are pe- people that are actually his friends. Okay. So there's that more of a genuine, you know, sure. they, they honesty, re- maybe. honesty, release a lot of information and stuff like that that they probably wouldn't give out to anyone else. That he doesn't ask them about, you know, money bitches, anything like that. It's really about giving back to hip-hop in a way that's uh, respectful to show that it's an art form. And like I've said many times on here before, music in general and art saved my life. It really, hip-hop saved my life. So to see something come out like this that so far has got nothing but amazing reviews by everybody, like those who really, really love and appreciate hip-hop, like connoisseurs, people, historians of it, to um, to people that you you wouldn't even think would even take the time of day to watch this. So I'm super excited to see it. If anyone out there is a hip-hop nerd and, and sees it, let me know what you think. I, lo- I do love Ice-T. Back in, um, ooh, dating myself. Back in high school, Power <laughs> loved that CD so much. <laughs> Oh my god! And the one thing that makes me drives me crazier than anything else. This is total nerd rage. This is an excellent nerd example rage. of nerd rage. Is when people are like, "Oh, you know that Jay Z song, 99 Problems." I'm like, "That was not originally a Jay Z song." Just so you know. <laughs> just so you know. I wish I had video of you back then. Oh god! Like, I was like a goth kid, <laughs> like rapping with like iced tea. That's I should, hilarious. I should, I'll dig up some pictures and we can put them on the nerd out. You will all laugh and laugh to see young goth Lisa. <laughs> and I'll put up some, uh, young Chola. Oh my God. Me. Yes. Can we do that? That's going to be could amazing. Try, I'm not afraid. Okay. Not Maybe afraid. we can combine them into like one picture. <laughs> you know how to do that. I do. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> um, and then going back to how everyone's remaking everything. They're doing a remake of It, Stephen King's It. The movie, I didn't read the book. Did you read the book? Mm Mm-hmm. Which I heard the book is, like, way better. But just that movie, it came out in... Was it a movie and a miniseries? It was just a miniseries. Oh, it was a miniseries. Okay. So the book came out in 85 or 89, and then the movie came out in 1990, which I thought it was earlier than that. Okay. And... It scared the shit out of me because I hate clowns, hate <laughs> balloons. It's like everything that you and a lot of people hate in one book, like monsters, clowns, clowns. Um, like underground sewage, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's already scary. And at, for me, I think that it's so old adds to, you know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. I watch it now, like I when I, when I read about this, there's one article where it had a five-minute clip showing, like, the trailer and little bits and pieces of Pennywise. Tim Curry, who I love. And oh, it's Tim Curry? It's Tim Curry. I love him. Who was the 
Prince of Darkness in the, my favorite movie, Legend. Love Legend. Who I, I'm like really hot Scott, for. right? I, yeah, really Scott. Oh, good. We're going to come back around to that in a second. <laughs> and, you know, he did The Devil, and then he plays it, I mean Pennywise, super good in it. And, and I was just like, I don't know how can you make that scary. You can make it gorier with shit now. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can get that feeling and that vibe, you know? Yeah. He, the way he looks and that just plain old, regular, on-the-street clown. You know what I'm saying? With that voice and his look. And just yeah. him not even saying anything, but just him looking out of the gutter, <laughs> the sewage. I'm just like, peeing my pants. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. It's going to be two movies. Like, yeah. Huh, I guess with, you know, all of the trilogies and things like that that are going on, people have figured out that why when you why milk it for one we when you have do. a built-in audience and you can yeah. milk it for two. I mean, if the first one's even good. So the it's um Carrie Fukunaga am I fucking that up? He's the guy who uh, <laughs> direct- sounds like maybe, sounds like maybe. <laughs> who uh directed Jane Eyre that came out last year, which was good I and actually I really like liked that. It. Yeah. I liked the way it looked and everything like that. So We'll see how it goes, but it's it's 2012, kids. You can watch that five-minute trailer and just be fucking scared as fuck. Who played um, Rochester in that one? I don't remember. Somebody who was really hot. Oh, um, <laughs> yes, 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 but you know, I don't remember names. Um, um, okay, I'm going to have to look He's that up. Magnet Magneto. Yes. Um... I'm waving my hands like that's going to help me. Yeah, wave them, keep waving, keep waving. Hold on, we are going to. He's in that movie about sex. He's in that movie. Sex addict. He is Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. God, we suck at this shit. We are so bad at names. My memory is fucked up. I just (laughs) did too many drugs in the eighties and (laughs) nineties, and maybe last week. I don't know. The trees. It's the trees. It's the trees. Yes, the trees. It's the tree. Yeah, the trees were the least of my problems. <laughs> Coming from Luquadia. Yeah. Um, Quailudia. But oh, Quailudia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a.k.a. Lucadia. <laughs> Holler. Orange County. Orange County. Whoa. Whoa North wait, County. Whoa. I gotta go sit in the corner. Do it. I can't even. That's embarrassing. You know, just for those who don't know, we're both from San Diego. <laughs> and she went and kind of fucked that I shit went up and, and said the OC. Yeah. Which, if you know people who are from San Diego... Tease them and be like, you're from Orange County, right? They will yeah. go bananas. Totally. People in Orange County, I'm sure that there are one or two of you listening to this. Pay no attention to what we just said. We love there's the a, OC. There's a couple of people that live in, that are originally from the OC that I love, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part. Behind the orange curtain yeah, is what boo. I like to call. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> you just close your eyes and hold your breath as you drive through Orange <laughs> County on your way to beautiful, lovely San, San Diego. Diego. San Diego. Yes. Whale's vagina. <laughs> I, I Okay. You're another San Diegan. Yes. People love telling me that line. I'm like, it's not funny. Really? I don't think that calling San Diego a whale's vagina I th- is funny. I think when I think about it and I hear it or I say it, I see Will saying it and it kills me. Really? Every time. Okay. You know me, like nothing's funny to me. Yeah. Nothing's funny. Making fun of people, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but not making fun of your city. <laughs> no, yeah. You can make fun of me. That's funny. <laughs> that's fish in a barrel. Um 
Yeah, so it, oh, and Ridley Scott reminds me that I went and saw Prometheus. Oh, this how past is weekend. it? Because I've heard mixed things about it. I don't I know would, if I need to see it. I would say it is mixed things. It is worth the price of admission, which is seventeen ninety five a ticket at now the Cinerama Dome oh. for like the full on 3D, like special nerd battery operated 3D glasses. Oh, wow. Um, and I went with a bunch of engineers who were like, oh, these are the, you know, whatever, X, <laughs> something, something X model, model 2.4, <laughs> which came out earlier this year. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. That's awesome. You should have recorded that. That'd I know. Awesome. Um, and it is beautiful to look at. Absolutely beautiful. That's one thing that I always love about Ridley Scott. He may not be the best director, but you are makes it, yeah. dazzled looking at it. And so it's really beautiful. Michael Fassbender, see? Yeah. Bringing it back to him, too. He was my absolute favorite part about it, because he plays an android, and he plays an android who's, like, sort of connecting to his quote-unquote humanness via Lawrence of Arabia. Hmm. Um, And I believe it's Peter O'Toole's performance. Peter O'Toole, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. His performance in the movie, which is very, like, a very specific elocution, a very specific posture... And like he, and I was like, are other people getting this? That like he is, he thinks that that's who he is. Yeah. And he just moved so perfectly and he was like so cold and the whole time you're wondering like, is he real? Are there feelings in there? Like that to me was, that to me was my favorite part of the movie. Um, the rest of it was good. Charlize Theron, that was another, she was just an icy mega bitch, but you're like, are there feelings in there? (laughs) Um, She wasn't an android. Um, you know, I think that I'm not going to tell you. Okay. All right. Okay. And I think she is. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she is. Maybe she's not. And then it had, um, what's his name? Idris Elba. Who is my favorite. Who is, like, a great actor. Such a good looking dude. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Very, two thumbs up for that. (laughs) When he was in the opening credits, I was all, yes! Like, kind of looking around (laughs) to all the guys I was with to get a high five. No. No. How did he do in the movie? He was great. Of course. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing I thought was, the first half of it before the aliens show up was kind of magical for me. Um, There are a couple of holy shit special effects moments that aren't even that advanced special effects wise. Okay. Um, For those of you who've seen the movie, like when they show the engineers running through the tunnel and it's all like kind of grainy, like grainy old video. That, to me, like, watching that, I was like, oh, shit, everything, something bad's gonna happen, and, like, I was on the edge of my seat, and then when the aliens finally show up, you're like, all right, I was expecting this, here they are, and it sort of was, um, it was sort of fits and starts otherwise, but I really liked, I thought it was totally worth it for me, like, worth, you know, kind of thinking, I've thought about it afterwards a bit, and when you're in there, you're just arrested by the visual effects and the way that it looks, it's just eye candy. That's kind of what I've been uh, hearing and reading on my friends' Twitters that, you know, they're artists and they're like, you know, I don't really like the story or knew what the fuck was happening, but that shit was pretty. Like, it was real pretty. Yeah. It was gorgeous to look at. So, we'll see. I don't know. It's the sort of thing that, like, it's kind of my whole, like, movie oeuvre. Like, things like that I want to see on the big screen. Not going to see it otherwise. Got it. God. And I would probably recommend, it's one of those movies, see it on a big screen or don't bother. Like, I almost feel like seeing it on a smaller screen diminishes and, like, sucks the magic out of it. I could see that. And that's why the I, I like movies one. that I really like. I'm like, I want to see it, like, two or three times on the big screen because I know I'm never going to want to watch it at home. Got it. Until we turn an entire wall of my house. Into a screening room. Yeah. Did we talk about Projector. Ray Bradbury? 
last time? It sounds like we did. Because in one of his books that he wrote, is it The Velt, I think? Um, he, uh... Oh, we posted on Facebook. You posted on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, he wrote this book, The Velt, and it has um, a big wall-sized um, TV TV monitor, and I remember reading it when I was a kid and being like, that's crazy. And it's, <laughs> and like, now it's like, that exists. That's crazy. Yeah. And while, while we're here, can we just take a quick moment to say that Ray Bradbury was um, one of my top three favorite authors. Um, the way that that man could write was so, like, if there's anybody on earth that I could ever write like, it would be him. He was always, like, my biggest inspiration for my own sort of creative whatever fiction, nonfiction writing that I've done. And even though I knew he was just old as dirt, <laughs> and he was kind of like a crotchety old guy, kind of hated technology, although he was really pro-monorail, which I think is awesome. <laughs> He's like, we don't need a subway, we need a monorail in LA. <laughs> Who doesn't want a monorail? Um, I love Ray Bradbury with the passion of a thousand fiery sons, and I... You hear about people dying, and you're like, oh, that's really sad, and maybe you're kind of bummed out. I, like, sat in bed and cried. Oh. Yeah, there were actual tears. There might have been a couple of, like, you know, (sighs) yeah, maybe a little, maybe a little, (gasps) one of those. There might have been one of those. Oh. I know. So, at least, you know, everybody should be able to go out doing a fraction of what that man did. So, good job, Ray. You will be missed. He will be he missed. Will be missed. <laughs> Why does everything come back to Hollywood Babylon? Because that's our inspiration. It's yeah. what we do. He will be missed. <laughs> um, so on TV, we had the ending of one magical thing and the start of another magical thing. Yeah. And the ending was Mad Men. Great. A lot of people were like, I didn't like it, but I liked it. Really? I liked it. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as the two that came before it. Yeah. The Phantom. That was the name of the very last one. I struggled. I am telling you, it is, I thank the Lord for things like message board discussions. (laughs) Because I honestly would never know what was happening. (laughs) So I was kind of like, well, that was interesting. And then I went on Television Without Pity, where I go to, like, learn (laughs) all of the reasons that I'm stupid when I consume mass media. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, that's what all of that meant. And I was <laughs> like, what? now I get it. Well, there were people had sort of differing ideas about um about like why Don relented and put Megan in the ad. And so like I was just like, oh, he just wants to be nice. And I was like, no, it's actually deeper than that. Lisa. Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, was he doing it because he, here's my personal interpretation. Okay. My personal interpretation is that I feel like her asking him for that and his first reaction, which was right, yeah. which is you, you want to be somebody's discovery, not somebody's wife. Exactly. And I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. And I was like, you should take that to heart. That is some damn good advice. Yeah. And then, like, you know, she moped around, and she cried and cried, and even, and then the mom was like, you just need to let her get over this, and then she'll be, you know, the adoring Everything wife. Everything you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think that he sat and thought about it, and relented for, I don't know if he feels like, you know, here's, here was what I was thinking, with, especially at the very end. Like, I feel like, does he feel like this whole, his fairy tale, like, happily ever after with Megan is not reality? And so he's like, you know, she's sweet, she's beautiful, I'm going to hook it up, I'm going to, like, give her a little pat on the head, and then I'm going to walk off and I'm going to be Don, Don motherfucking, motherfucking Draper. Draper. 
that's how that's what I thought too, you know, because I was like, why did he change his mind? And then the way he walked off and it was all lit oh, in the back. Such a and great, it was so yeah. he was like walking into the literally into, into the, the motherfucking dark. Yeah. And then you were left hanging like are you single, like, with the chicks at the bar? Like, what's going to happen? Well, right. And at first I was like, oh, you know, when he first turns to look at her, he's it's like, no, whatever. And then I watched the last scene again because I loved that scene of him walking away. Walking out, yeah. Uh, walking away from the fairy tale. I was yeah. all, oh, yeah, got it. And um, and then when he turns to the girl and she's like, are you... And, of course, that they always seem to end with this existential question for him when she's yeah. like, are you alone Is yeah. the, are the last words. Yeah. It's very Battlestar Galactica. Um, are you alive? And so she's like, are you alone? And he turns to her and he turns to her with that, like, total, like, Don Draper, panty dropper, yeah. trademark look. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. No, he's alone. <laughs> But I like how they leave it, and we don't know, yeah. and leaves it hanging, because and then when we come back the next season, you know, we'll they see. always, we'll see what happens, because it could be, like, six months later, like they do, and a who's chunk to of time. say, you know, I, I really, I really like that, but him walking off, I loved, loved that part. That was one of the best scenes in, in the whole series. Yeah. That was really great. Yeah, I was very sad to have it gone, um, and uh, John Slattery. Got a nice looking ass for a gentleman. That's of what I was saying. Something. I was like, I would do that. Oh yeah, I mean, he's hot anyways. He's I didn't a, need to look at a, that. To he's know a I'd silver fox anyways, but just to see that was like a little extra push in that direction. Yeah. If the, if it were. he's tripping balls, literally, literally. <laughs> um, and then True Blood starts up. You already heard me talk about it last episode. What did you think? Because okay. Remember, I was like, um, I saw the boards and the things, and I'm not that excited, and blah, 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 blah. So then I was like, I could wait a couple of days to see it. And I was like, oh, no, let me let me watch it today, because everyone's going to be talking about it, so mm-hmm. let me just, mm-hmm. you know, cut it off at the pass. Then fucking, I'm hooked from jump. Like, last season, it took me a couple of episodes. Yeah. This one, I was like, what? I want to be the fucking sister. What? Like, holy <laughs> fucking shit. That, that sex scene... Oh, my God. My hands are sweating talking about it. And some other parts, too, if you know what I'm spraying. Um, just so many good things. And like you said, Pam Winner. So amazing. She, I love her so much. And she's like, I'm wearing a Walmart. A Walmart sweatsuit. For y'all. Like, If that's not being a part of the team, I don't know what is. And that last part where you, you know... Uh, What's her name's crying, and you think Tara's like dead, and then she just yeah. And then someone proposed. I was like, oh, that was amazing. Someone said, you know, I'm excited to see what kind of lesbian hookups happen between, <laughs> um, you know, Pam and and Tara. Oh, uh huh. And I was like, oh shit, totally correct. I forgot that you know. Well, it's interesting actually because there is that strong like maker and child relationship, uh-huh. and a Pam doesn't seem to be very warm fuzzy. Anyway, no, she doesn't. Even and try to she doesn't. It. She didn't even like Tara in life. She wanted to kill her before. She's gonna be. It's gonna be an unpleasant or mom and child be, relationship. Or it could be like match made in heaven. They're like best yeah. buzz because they're from like a similar. Well, do you similar wanna, rage? Do you want to hear what might be a spoiler alert? Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yes. Are you sure? I'll take it. Ding. I'll okay. take it. Ding. She'll take it. Okay. For those of you. We are going to spend 15 seconds on this starting now. Turn it down. My speculation <laughs> in the books, there, Elvis is in the books, 
Bubba, he's a vampire oh. who's like mentally retarded. <laughs> and so I'm thinking that that's what they're going to do with Tara. That she's going to be... B- yeah. Really? That's kind of what I'm thinking because, okay, you're probably safe now. Bring it back up. We're not going to mention <laughs> anything in particular because, you know, she had some trauma. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe. Mm. Just based on, like, when I was look- watching The Coming and the little thing, you know, the season on True Blood, I was like, mm, maybe. <laughs> That's my theory. I'm sticking to it. All right. We'll see if, if that comes comes true. And... Another thing, I saw a clip earlier today of what's going to happen in this episode on Sunday. Okay. And I knew this already, but to see him in it, uh, Detective Stabler from one of my favorite Law & Order SVUs, who oh. is no longer on the show, and mm-hmm. now we know why, uh, he'll be in this Sunday's episode. And remember how I said that at the True Blood preview premiere party, I was standing next to him. You and- didn't say Stabler? Well, I didn't know his name. See, that's what happens when you don't know anybody's name. (laughs) Um, I was standing next to him, and the guy who I was like, oh, it's a good-looking black guy from Spartacus. Spartacus. He is also in um, True Blood, this this series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This series, this season. So um, I was standing right next to them. Nice. Yeah. How tall is... uh... They're both tall. Mahoney. Mahoney? Maloney. 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 Yeah. He is tall. You'll be gratified to know I'm going to put him at about six feet. What? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised because I thought he would be shorter. Um, and he has no problem with nudity, so I'm sure if we see anything. Oh, we'll I, see. I read in uh, in the most recent Entertainment Weekly, prior to the one with, the, <laughs> with, the... with Edward Cullen <laughs> looking constipated on the cover, <laughs> that he says that he does have nude scenes, and but he's like, I, he has them with his love interest, and he's uh, like, she's got a way better body, so I'm sure you'll see more of her. Yeah, because if you remember, I always thought he was a good actor from Jump when I saw him, when he was HBO's Oz, mm-hmm. and he was always just slinging that shit around. So. Well, right. Also in the interview, he's like, as I've established... Um, <laughs> no problem. I'm, he's like, when I'm on cable, I'm all about the buggery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, okay, he's funny. <laughs> So yeah, The Killing. Um, I know you don't watch it. No. Which I think you'd love. Um, if anyone did you figure out who the killer is yet? No. Um, kind of they're alluding to someone at it's a two part season finale. Okay. So this past Sunday, they kind of like. Are they going to tell you that all will be revealed in the final episode, and then it won't be, and then it will be like nerd would, rage times one hundred? I would be so upset because that's what I'm looking forward to to fi- finally knowing. Um, so this Sunday. Were you pissed last season? No, I was. People were angry. Yeah, and I people were I don't really know that many people that watch it. Like, I have one other friend uh-huh. that watches it, um, a Rolf, uh, but he wasn't watching it when it was on. He watched it after the fact. Okay. So, I think we talked about it, but we still loved it. Like, we wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. I was like, it was a great ending, but we'll see how I feel. Right. When I see this If they better. tell you or not, they this better. Time. They better. They fucking better. But it's really fucking good. I don't... Yeah. Like, Mio Seath and I, we were watching Scandal, right? But we watched it from right, Jeff. Right. There's only a couple of things. And if Scandal was on HBO or AMC or something, it could be an amazing show. Uh-huh. And I tell him all the time, I was like, I don't know why you're not joining me up on this killing because it's 10, 20 times better than Scandal is... Okay. Because there's politics, there's, you know, murder, there's, like, a bunch of different things, um, but because it's done differently and there's no, you know, real, um, Shonda Rhimes, her shit 
starts off good, but then it turns bad because she makes it all romantic interest mm-hmm, and bullshit mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's probably going to happen to Scandal at some point, but you know, none of that exists in the killing. Yeah. None of that <laughs> bullshit exists. It's yeah. just nothing but gritty, grainy awesomeness. And one thing, if you guys out there, I was like, man, watching the killing makes me kind of be like, man, Native Americans, they're gangster as fuck. Really? Yeah, it's like, whoa. They run shit. Like, they don't give a fuck. Like, you have to watch this and understand. You guys who watch it know what I'm talking about. I'm like, whoa, I'm a little afraid of the, the Native Americans when those casinos, because they don't, they don't play. They got their own set of rules. So, all right. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll see what happens. I might come back next episode and be like, fuck this show. I know, flipping tables over. All right. Well, hopefully people will be happier with this one. Yes. But it's really good. I mean, I know there's a lot of shows on my list that I need to start watching and a lot of shows. I think that's one that you should definitely put on your list. There's no laugh track, T.I. Oh, <laughs> thank God. I know. I'm like, don't tell me when to laugh because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm never going to. Uh, the Yeah, as I mentioned, like the summertime, summertime, that's the time that I like to hit the Netflix, catch up on stuff, and read some books. So, um, I went back to Breaking Bad, so I'm picked up, I think I'm, like, almost done with the third season, so Breaking Bad, finishing up Deadwood, as I told you, got some other good stuff in the Netflix queue, um, yeah, and then books, thanks again, Gary, for your rec. So that's your next, is that your... Uh, I don't know if it'll be my next. I have um, you have your book club. I have a book club, and then I got a couple others, but it'll, it'll happen in the next couple months. Okay, cool. Especially since a reader, a listener, a listener suggested. Yeah, listener. Yeah, well, he read it on Facebook, so it kind of threw me off for a second. <laughs> um, but yes, especially since a listener and valued fan recommends it, then I figured the least I can do is read it. Exactly. See, see if you see if you can I trust his. I know his wrecks from now on. Yeah, and I now challenge twenty people to go paste and post on our Facebook page. Oh yeah, why don't you read this? <laughs> and then you will have me busy and not sleeping or getting any work done forever. Or about anything else, you know, tell us tell us more information about other nerdy shit. Yes. Anybody, uh, actually, especially since we had Chris on, any other people that you might be interested in hearing from, either a person in particular or, like, somebody who is a underwater basket weaver. Somebody, let's see, we had the world's biggest zombie expert. Yeah. We had a person who writes awesome books about the president's vampire. Yeah. And is a big expert in all things monstery. Yeah, I mean What else can we do? Come on. Anything you nerd out about or that person nerds out about that you want you think that people should hear, we we would totally be down to look into interviewing them. I think next times we should have a lady. I absolutely agree. Lady. Yeah. You know? Um so we'll we'll figure out who that's gonna be. Okay. And we'll work on it and yeah. get back to you. Yeah. Is that it? I think that's it. Thanks again, kids. Goodbye, everyone. Big hugs. Happy (laughs) summer. Peace out, nerds.